0: We come into a meeting and we think, yeah, I want I want the music to be new and, and creative and I want I want it to be a certain way and you know if it's not if it's the same stuff, well, I can't worship God to that. Yeah. But that's that's where thinking that we need a certain type of music mm-hmm. to truly engage with God is at its root idolatry.
1: Right. Welcome to Soundless Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church, and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Hello, and welcome to the Sound Plus Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. My name is Bob Coughlin. Bob, what are we talking about today? Well, today
0: we are talking about a topic that I think will affect everyone who's listening. Well, great. As opposed to <laughs> some of the topics we choose just only affect a very It's select, hit and miss. Yes. You know, we just keep trying to be faithful. Well, what I mean by that is we we are gearing this podcast towards leaders, those mm-hmm. who plan, those who uh, yeah, execute the plans of, of a Sunday gathering. Yeah. That's That's our main audience, but we found out that a lot of Different kinds of people listen mm-hmm. to this, and we're very grateful for that yeah and this is really a a broader aim, a broader audience this topic and the topic is idolatry on Sunday mornings mm. which is kind of an odd title, but I'll explain where that came from um, as we were considering new podcast topics, and mm-hmm. we have a lot in the works for the next season. Um, we looked at my blog, Worship Matters, yeah. which I don't do much on anymore. But a number of years ago, it was actually 18 years ago, I did mm-hmm. a series on this. And as we were talking about it, we thought, you know what?
1: This would be a great title. This would be great. Yeah, this would be a great episode. Because
0: when you think of a Sunday morning, you're going in to worship the Lord you know and and a lot of times we identify the the singing as worship which we've talked about how that is not biblical singing is a form of worship but mm-hmm. is not worship biblically defined but that's what we're thinking we're thinking about worshipping God and you know sometimes we we come out of the meeting and think yeah I didn't it wasn't the best you know there there were hindrances to me worshipping God mm-hmm. so it might have been you know the the band wasn't very good or Message
1: was too long. Message too
0: long. I didn't like the way the worship leader's voice did that thing, or you know, the the uh, too many too many new songs. I couldn't I couldn't sing this morning. Too many syncopated songs, or or you know, the church is just too big, or whatever. (laughs) You know that we have all these reasons that that the worship wasn't good.
1: Yeah, sometimes disguised as preferences.
0: not very thinly disguised (laughs) as preferences. That's right. Uh, So, well, those things may be affecting our worship of God, Mm -hmm. but in thinking about it, it seems that the most serious uh, enemy of our worshiping God is what's going on in our hearts. Yeah. Rather than worshiping God, we are worshiping something else, which yes. the Bible calls idolatry. Yes. There's a passage in 2 Kings 1741 where the, the writer describes what's happening in Samaria. Now, Assyria had conquered Samaria and taken the, the Jews out and replaced them with people from other nations. And it said, so these nations fear the Lord and also served their carved images (laughs) so it's describing a situation that existed when samaria was resettled by the king of syria and it's a situation that can potentially exist in our services today we can fear the lord externally we can go through the motions we can engage in what we perceive to be all the right elements of worship singing giving praying kneeling listening to god's word and actively be worshiping idols mm. in our hearts, which is a situation we don't want to be in. Yeah. I mean, Exodus 20, God says, you shall have no other gods before me. That means that nothing is to receive our heart's affection and attention and adoration more than God himself. That's, mm-hmm. that's what idolatry is. When that happens, that's idolatry. And God is is vehemently against anything that takes worship away from Him. And it's it's sobering that this is what can be occurring when we gather. Mm-hmm. We can be giving our hearts and our affection to idols rather than to God Himself. Mm. And idolatry is a serious problem. You know, first John, John ends his first letter with, you know, little children, keep yourself from idols. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a it's a relevant problem today. But in the Old Testament, we're told that idols enslave us, Psalm 106, 36. They put us to shame, Isaiah 45, 16, and they ultimately conform us to their image. Psalm 115, verse 8. But we're to be conformed to the image of Christ of God's son Jesus. That's that's who God wants to make us look like. So so we want to find out what those idols are and what we're going to do in this podcast today is talk about what kinds of idols might be present when we're when we've gathered to worship the Lord. Mm. So let me put it like this. Whenever we say that we need something to worship God unless that something is Jesus or the Holy Spirit or the Word of God, it's possible we're moving into idolatrous idolatrous territory mm-hmm. so whatever whatever it might be, I need this thing, I need this kind of music, I need this right. kind of so so we want to talk about those things, and we're not going to talk about all of them, but hopefully this will stimulate your thinking as you gather with your church this sunday yeah and consider am i am i worshiping am i here to worship
1: god or am i here to worship something else right it's it's so subtle right because we think well we have jesus we have we have the word we have the spirit we're 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 good in that department yes yeah let's work on all these other yes, things yes Let, let's seek to be better at all these other things mm. or or uh you know, or this actually makes me feel his presence more, or or experience his presence more, yeah. and it's very su- it's very subtle how that twists. So I I, I love this topic. I think it's needed, uh, especially when you're looking at what does the church look like now, just to the outside
0: yes, world. Yes, yes. Well, I just found uh, as when I was writing this twenty years ago, eighteen years ago, whatever, um, and even today that. I am so easily deceived, as you said, into thinking that things are okay. I'm here. Yeah. I'm a Christian. Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing what Christians do on Sunday mornings, so things should be okay. Yeah. So we want to ask the question, are there certain things that we are valuing more than God, looking to God more, looking to them more than God for satisfaction mm-hmm. and joy on Sunday mornings? Yeah. So first one's pretty obvious, and that's music. Mm-hmm. Uh, For a lot of people, music
1: is an idol, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even on Sunday mornings. Now... Well, and wouldn't you say, especially because a lot of our churches, you know, it's it's 60% music.
0: Yeah, a lot of music. You
1: know, 40% preaching, or maybe that's changed, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. there's so much of it, you know.
0: There's a lot of it, and I think that's partly a reflection of the value we give to music. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's hard to find in Scripture any place that says, well, you can't, there should be this amount of music in your, in your services. Yeah. Um, music, the, a lot of good reasons for having music in our gatherings, mm-hmm. and we've covered them, a lot of them in this podcast. But God's just not real clear on how much, and uh, who does it and those kinds of things. So m- music is one of those things that we tend to have strong opinions about because mm-hmm. it affects us so deeply, right. positively or negatively. And you know, we've, we've had the worship wars in, in past decades, I don't know if there's so much an issue now. I mean, I think the contemporary music side is kind of won out for, for a lot of churches. It's not even an issue. Yeah, we don't have a worship war, or we just have two services. Yes, you know, here's your traditional service. Yes, yes, yes. Here's your contemporary service, and in the long run, that's going to undermine the unity that the gospel brings. Mm-hmm. But that's another podcast. I think we've talked about. We that. have
1: talked about we're that. Not, <laughs>
0: we're not going to do that. So you know, we we come into a meeting and we think, yeah, I want. I want the music to be new and and creative and I want I want to be a certain way and you know if it's not, if it's the same stuff, well I can't worship God to that. Yeah. But that's that's where thinking that we need a certain type of music Mm -hmm. to truly engage with God is at its root idolatry. Right. And I I can remember times, this would be in the nineties, when I heard a certain song. It was a smooth jazz song. I, do you know what smooth jazz is? I do. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> Not everybody would. It's just kind of bland jazz. And I thought, this is what I thought. I thought, that sounds like a worship song. I thought, what am I thinking? What am I saying? <laughs> that sounds like
1: a worship song. But I think people do that today. Like that's a category you're saying. Yes. You've got pads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got little acoustic guitar thing, you know? Right. That's worship.
0: Yeah. I can't worship unless that sound is there.
1: Yeah, or replace, you know, the pad with an organ or with a choir. Or
0: it can go the other way. That's right, more traditional. Mm -hmm. But we start to think that music, uh, yeah, it has or it has to be, you know, ecstatically exuberant, passionate. You know, people jumping around—that's worship. Yeah, and. You know, you walk into a room where people are singing from their hearts passionately, but no one's jumping around. They're
1: just kind of standing there singing. You think
0: that's that's not worship. Yeah. (laughs) No. Or or I can't I can't worship here. I can't worship
1: in this environment. Or
0: yeah. So it's good to ask yourself: Is have I made an idol out of music? That's good. Uh, So that's the first, which leads into musical excellence, Mm -hmm. that can also be an idol. Now, it matters how we define excellence. Mm -hmm. And in some quarters, excellence is defined as skill, complexity, uh, even sophistication. So four four part harmonies uh, edge out unison melodies, orchestras, trump, Upright pianos, yeah. full bands are much better than acoustic guitars, right. and, and we become more concerned with making corporate worship bigger, better, mm-hmm. more involved, and, and we, we balk at the idea of someone without musical training, extensive musical training, and study leading our congregational worship. Yeah. And in the process, we lose sight of what makes our offering of worship acceptable in the first place. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean that we aren't concerned with skill and excellence, how we play, mm-hmm. whether we're in tune, the songs we use. I mean, God commends skill. And I don't know if we've covered this on the podcast or not. We have.
1: And I think on one of the episodes we talked about skill, um, you mentioned the Harold Best quote that... Yes. How do you define excellence? What yeah, is that? Is excellence... That, does that look like what everybody else is doing yes. around you, does it look like it's matching exactly the recording? We talked about that on another yes, episode. Yes. But what is excellence?
0: Excellence is becoming better than I once was. The process of becoming better than I once was. Mm-hmm. That's how you become excellent. It's not being as good as someone else. Yes, There, there is a certain level of skill that's involved and God commends skill. Mm-hmm. You know, Saul didn't look for anybody to, to play the lyre for him, play right. an instrument for him, when he was, was battling uh, you know, the things he was battling internally. Uh, he looked for one who was skillful in playing, 1 mm-hmm. Samuel 16, 18, yeah. First Chronicles 25, 20, 15, 22, Kenaniah led the singing because he was skillful at it, yeah. that's the NIV, uh, the ESV says because he understood it. First Chronicles 25, the musicians who led at the temple were all skillful. So God, God commends skill and excellence,
1: but it has a purpose. Yes, it has to be serving.
0: It, 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 and that purpose is to focus people's attention on God's wondrous acts and attributes, particularly as he re, has revealed them to us in Jesus. So the skill the excellent is not an, is not an end in itself. Mm. Those are tools for edifying and encouraging the church. Yeah. And so I want to pursue excellence in a way and we want to appreciate excellence in a way that contributes to us knowing Jesus better. Mm. So as a musician, I might have to play fewer notes. To allow more space for people to sing. Yep. I might have to sacrifice my ideas of musical excellence to make the truth more musically accessible to my congregation. So mm. I mean, there are there are times when I would consider, you know, a certain arrangement of a song as as more interesting, more excellent, more requiring more skill than something simple. Yeah. But playing something simple might make those words more accessible to the congregation totally and keep them from focusing so much on what i'm doing harmonically right. or right. instrumentally
1: yeah i uh, i actually just watched a clip of uh, the bass player victor wooten
0: oh victor and he was talking
1: about s- simplicity and i thought that's mm. so ironic coming from him cuz he's just phenomenal but wow. in the clip he's talking about um technicality and skill is saying come in and watch. Oh that's excellent. But simplicity is saying no 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 you participate. And I thought wow, wow that's a great perspective.
0: That's a keeper. Yeah. That is really good. Yeah, yeah so so if we idolize musical excellence, we're not going to appreciate that. Yeah. We're not going to appreciate it when someone says, you know what, I'm just going to hold back on what I can do so the sound of the congregation can can really come forth mm-hmm. and we can we can do this together. Yeah. Might not appreciate that. <laughs> so that's it's just a good heart check. It is. You know, both as a leader and as someone in the congregation. Do I do I want the band like am I just so conscious of how the band's not as good as they could be every Sunday? Mm-hmm. Or am I thinking that no matter how good they are, what's going to make their worship acceptable, their playing acceptable to God is the finished work of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. who lived a perfect life, died in our place to bear the punishment for our sins and rose from the dead, so that all our offerings could be accepted, yeah. no matter how good or bad they are. Yeah. So yeah, it goes both ways. Yes. All right, another idol, uh, I don't know if this is number three, I think, tradition.
1: Mm-hmm. This Every, is what we've always done. Is that what you mean by yes, tradition? Yes. Yeah. Every
0: church, even those that claim to be non-traditional, yeah. have traditions. Tradition is, you know, anything you do more than once, it, it starts yeah. to become tradition, tradition. At least that's what our children thought growing up. If we did something once, <laughs> we had to do it the next year. You know, this is a tradition. <laughs> I think we've only done it once. <laughs> tradition. I love this quote by G.K. Chesterton, Chesterton from his book Orthodoxy on Tradition. It's just talking about the value of tradition. Mm. Tradition means giving votes to the most obscure of all classes, our ancestors. It is the democracy of the dead. Wow. Tradition refuses to submit to the small and arrogant oligarchy of those who merely happen to be walking about. All Democrats object to men being disqualified by the accident of birth. Tradition objects to their being disqualified by the accident of death. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's wow. just brilliant. Yeah. So tradition can be right and yes. good. It can serve God's purposes. I mean, Paul talked about it in Thessalonians, Second 2 Thessalonians 2.15. says, so then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Yeah. So he wanted them to follow certain practices, certain traditions that were good and right and helpful. Mm -hmm. But do our traditions today equate to the authority of Scripture?
1: Mm. No. Right.
0: They don't. And can we idolize our traditions? Oh, absolutely.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, and wouldn't you put our liturgies in our tradition in that category? Liturgy
0: is another category. So oh, hold on uh, there, A completely David. different category, I get <laughs> Yeah. These are just traditions, things we do, the way you start your meeting, Yeah. Um, the time you gather, the number of songs you do. Um, I, I remember I was over in the UK a number of years ago, and we were talking about what really matters in your meeting. Mm-hmm. And one of the people in the workshop said, raised his hand, and said, yeah, we, we have a time when we gather the children in our meeting. He said, I'm having a hard time fitting in everything you're saying. We have a time in a meeting, about 10 minutes, when we have the children come up, and and their meeting was about an hour long. And I said, well, uh, c- could that be changed? Could you do something? Well, that's just what we do. Mm. And I thought, okay, well. All right, then. Um, End of discussion. We were in Australia not too long ago. Yeah. And we were learning that there is a tradition in the church, and this is not to... There are no easy answers to this. Yeah. But there's a tradition in in a number of the churches there where the time you meet is segregated by age group. So the families meet in the Mm. morning, Mm. and then the young adults meet at night. Mm. And so, if it, so, a lot of churches have two meetings. Yeah. To to accommodate that, it see it feels like a tradition.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and isn't there a lot of comfort in that? I mean, for people, they feel like, well, it's comfortable. Like, yes. How would I get out of what we've always done? Well,
0: I think that's one of the benefits of traditions is that they do uh, and. um C.S. Lewis made this point, that they help you think about what's important, like an old shoe. Yes. You have to think about your shoe. You get a new shoe, right. you put it on, say, like, oh, that feels so weird. <laughs> right. It. No, you, Comfortable shoe, you just put on. Yeah, and then you go about doing what you are meant to do. Yes. That's how traditions serve us well. Yes. But Jesus said, Mark 7, verse 8, you leave the... He was talking to the Pharisees, you leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. Mm. So every generation is responsible to ask, to examine whether or not the traditions we've inherited yes. or are seeking to establish are biblical and really help people exult in God's worthiness yeah. and works. Mm. And I would say that the the... Complimentary idols of familiarity and comfort yeah. are often revealed in the words, "We've never done it that way before."
1: Yeah, yeah, which, which well sounds said. so. We've never done it that way before. <laughs>
0: but what it, it can be revealing an idol, and not not these aren't always deep issues. Uh, I mean, just at Sovereign Grace Church of Louisville, not too long ago, we had a tradition, a tradition. Of always welcoming our guests in the middle of the the meeting, mm-hmm. and it was just we had done it for decades, and we had people stand up at different times, and then COVID happened, and it was it just some things changed, but we always did it there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, we we realized that you know that may not be the best thing to do, you know to, we we have a pastoral prayer and then. Then a welcoming, giving of offering, receiving offering, and then uh, uh, this welcoming, of, uh, the welcoming of guests, yeah, giving of offering, and then the uh, announcements, and then the the guy gets up to preach, and it just was there was about ten minute gap between the prayer and the guy getting up to preach. We thought maybe we could close that, and I remember us talking about it, and there was like some yeah, I don't know, should we do this? But we yeah. changed it, and you know, what? it's
1: great. It really is great. That's right yeah. you're on you're, you've experienced it. I've seen both sides actually of that. Um which I think is rare to be in a church and see a tradition consistently yes, and then it yes. change. Um but if you have an hour an hour and a half that's a significant change. Yes. And uh I've loved that change. It gets you right into the sermon.
0: Yes. We're trying to we're trying to close that gap. That that is not well, you know, we were Following the traditions of man and disobeying the commandment of God. Yeah. It's not that so much, but right. it does relate to, are we using the meeting for the purpose that God intended it?
1: Yeah. Could this be more efficient too? Isn't that... Yes.
0: A... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that we can do the things that we think God's telling us to do. Yeah. Great. So tradition, it's just... its We don't... In examining our meetings, we don't have to... Or our hearts. We don't have to change everything, but we can examine everything. Mm-hmm. Except for the obvious things that Scripture has commanded—singing, praying, yeah. preaching, greeting—I mean, th- those things we are called to serve one another as we gather. And we're not talking about those, but we are talking about just ways we've done things that we've we've never really asked questions about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It can be an idol, yeah, it can be something we we value. You know, if we lose that, we'll lose God's presence. <laughs> or, or if we lose that. We're disobeying God.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: One more. And then I think we'll have to do this in two, two podcasts. Okay. Uh, yeah. The next idol, last one for this podcast is just creativity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> creativity is great. Aren't, aren't we grateful that God is the creator? Mm-hmm. And he has given us the gifts, not to create in the way he does, but to be imaginative, to, to do things in a fresh way. The Bible displays the creative nature of, of literature. You know the different genre. You have apocalyptic. You have historical. You have poetry. You have wisdom. You have narrative. You have what I'd say. You know, devotional. You have you have songs. All those things. That's that's creative. Mm -hmm. You know, God put that in His Word, and newness is can be a wonderfully eye opening thing. We hear something in a
1: fresh way. Yes,
0: but. It can also be an idol. Mm-hmm. And churches have been built on the idol of, of creativity.
1: Totally. The progress. We,
0: we are not like the church down the street. Right. And, and I would say, if you're going to a church because it's not like the church down the street, and those those reasons aren't like Scriptural reasons, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my church preaches the gospel. That church down the street doesn't. Okay. That's a good reason yeah. <laughs> to go. But if it's more, oh no, they've got, they've got a coffee bar, mm-hmm. they've, got, they've got lighting that's like yeah. amazing. Yeah. They've got... There's something new happening every week that yeah. I just never know what's going to happen there. Remember when pastor was saying our, the goal of our service was to make sure that people never knew what to expect. That's not a good goal for your gathering. Right? They should uh, they should know what to expect. To a large degree, you're yes. not going to bring out something totally new for them. Right. Uh, so maybe it's uh, you know the lighting, the stage setup, a video clip, you know effects. Uh, creativity is not our goal
1: mm-hmm.
0: in worshiping God. It's simply a means to display the glory of God in Christ more clearly. Yes. That, that's, it's not something we do, creativity and something we do, it's a way we do something. So mm-hmm. new forms of media or communication can give us a different perspective, yeah. causing the truth to have a greater impact, but creativity can't make the gospel better. Right. Can only make it clearer. Mm-hmm. That's what creativity can do. Uh, someone said, what you win them with is what you win them to. So yeah. if, if, if we're going to a church because of the creativity, or if we're seeking to draw people to our church because of the creativity, that is idolatry. Mm. That, that will be what people worship. That will be what keeps them. That yeah. will people, be what people long for. And that is not the church that, that Jesus came to build. Yes. If we walk away from a time of corporate worship more affected by the creativity that we saw or the creativity that we led in than, than Jesus Christ, who came to be our Savior, or we think that the Word of God is, is old news, that's idolatry. Mm. I remember when we planted Sovereign Grace Church in Louisville, CJ said early on, this is a same things church. Mm. You come back here next week, you'll hear the same thing. You will sing about the same thing. Uh, What God has done for us in Jesus Christ is is what we have to offer you, and you're not gonna find something different here. Have we changed some things? Yeah, but that creativity has a purpose, and we want that purpose always to be displaying the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So creativity has limits.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that. I, th- that was the question I had. How do you put parameters and mm. limits on mm. creativity? Because we live in an age that's that that is so multimedia. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, so many churches now are 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 on Instagram and reaching people. Yes. And, yes. and so it, it's it's good. We've talked about multimedia in the past. I remember what was yeah. an episode with Devin Te- talking technology. technology and and so how do you put those parameters yeah. on? Your meetings.
0: We should do a podcast on this, uh, but in lieu of that, I'm just going to give you three. Quite. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. Right. Have we done a podcast on this? Uh, I don't know. We're in the sixties, and so there's a lot, lot of ground, but that's been covered. More ground to cover yet. Yes. Um, think of three. The first is edification. Uh, you know, First Corinthians 14. Paul says about seven times use the word for building up edifying. Mm. That's a goal, primary goal of our meetings. So whatever we're doing creatively has to edify. It has to build up people into Christ, not just into an experience, which we'll talk about next next episode, um, but build them up into Christ, build them into His Word. Mm -hmm. That's what creativity is meant to do, not just be a spectacle in and of itself.
1: Yes, because that's self-serving. Yes. You're looking outward.
0: Yes, exactly right. Second uh, limiter would be love for others. Mm. So just because I, as a creative, love creative things, doesn't mean that everybody else around me does. Yeah. Uh, You know, as a musician, Oh yeah, I love creative things. Yeah. And I can use that in, in sparing ways in a Sunday gathering right. to draw people's attention to the word or to the lyrics we're singing, those kinds of things. But I can't I can't just let that be the only standard. Yeah. My standard is am I loving the people around me?
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: Am I concerned for, for what their limits are or what their preferences are? Right. Uh, and and as someone going to a church. You know, I. There are a number of churches that develop a kind of, you know, an age bracket that's very small. Mm. Uh, you know, ten years, maybe we're in our twenties and thirties, or, or maybe you know, sixties and seventies. I don't know. Ideally, your church is gonna be a mixture of generations. Yeah, And that... Be, why? Because that shows that your unity is not based on your musical preference, your right. clothing style, your, your, the stores you shop at. It, it's based on the fact that Jesus is the Savior, mm. and He saved us, mm. and He's joined us together, and God has made us a family through Him. So love for others. And then the third limiter would be just the gospel. You know, is the gospel clearer because of the creativity, Good. or is it more obscure? Yeah, is it vaguer? Because mm. that's uh, that's what's happened. That what's happened. That's what happens in songs sometimes. Is we get so creative about what Jesus has done that it's hard to say exactly what he did do. Absolutely, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. That's pretty clear. Yeah. So that we might die to sins and live to righteousness. Yeah. So those are three limiters I can think of, and uh, those are great. Creativity is is a gift from God. Yes. But it's never to overshadow or um, distract from or negate God's mercy that He's shown to us in Jesus Christ, revealed to us in His Word. Those those are the things we want to keep pressing for, putting in front of people, uh, making clear. In our gatherings, so yeah, and all mm-hmm. these things we've talked about—music, musical excellence, creativity, traditions—they they can all be good, yeah. But when they become idols, as they often do on Sunday mornings, they end up fighting against what we've gathered to do. Yes, so right. we just hope this has made people more aware of those things.
1: That's great. Thank you, Bob, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you at our next episode of. Idolatry on Sunday Mornings, Part Two.
0: Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ's exalting songs and training for the church from our local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at sovereigngracemusic.org.